0: Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneur Series. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. This mini series has been designed to shine the light on aspirational hustling entrepreneurs who have built successful, purpose-driven businesses. Through their lens, you'll get an authentic insight into hustling with heart, leading with purpose, and the mindset tools they have used to overcome fear and make their dreams a reality. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by Lovekins, an all-natural, organic, and toxic-free Australian skincare range for women and babies. I have a very special lady joining me on the microphones today for the second episode of the Entrepreneur Series. Amanda Essery is a creative force and incredible mind behind my favorite all-natural baby and women's skincare brand, Lovekins. It was humble beginnings for Amanda as she started making homemade skincare products from her kitchen bench to support her baby's eczema conditions. A sixth generation Australian Chinese, Amanda was born and raised in Darwin, where she was immersed in a wholesome upbringing with clean air, fresh water and organic food from the local farmer's market. It was from this upbringing that Amanda was able to learn about the power of native indigenous superfoods. Going to school with Indigenous children and immersed in the Indigenous community in the Northern Territory, Amanda has a true passion for all things Indigenous culture. It was through this that Amanda was able to develop a beautiful knowledge of how Indigenous Australians have harnessed the power of bush extracts as food and medicine for over 60,000 years. Combining her knowledge... With her desire for low tox, healthy living for all, Lovekins was born. And Amanda set out on an almighty mission to provide all Australian babies and women with natural products that would help them thrive. Today, we chat about Amanda's journey building Lovekins, the lessons, and what it truly takes to build a purpose driven brand. Here's Amanda Welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast show. How are you today? Oh, thank you
1: very much, Madeline. I'm very, very busy, but I always have time for you and I'm very excited to be here today.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I am so honoured to have you here. As I've said in the introduction, you are a huge part of my life now and and my business in particular, so I'm really excited to be able to share your amazing journey and story with my audience because I know they're going to love it and they'll understand why I love Lovekin so much after listening to you as well. So... To get straight into it, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and where your career started off?
1: So I was born and raised in Darwin, the Northern Territory. Um, My family, being from a Chinese background, we've been in Australia since 1805. My family's actually in the NT Chinese Museum in Darwin. And coming from very humble beginnings, growing up in the Northern Territory is something that is quite a unique experience. Um, I grew up next to a Indigenous community attending schools, Indigenous children and also being taught by Indigenous teachers. And you were naturally immersed in this culture that has been around for over 65,000 years. And you wouldn't kid yourself in saying that there is something a part of you um, that is very magical growing up in Darwin and that humble beginning and having, um, you know, growing our own fruit and vegetables in my own backyard in a tropical climate, also buying fruit and vegetable produce organically and naturally grown at the markets. There are so many markets in Darwin. My dad used to get me up at the early hours at six thirty, seven o'clock so that we could go there and get the best produce and that was really the only way. My grandparents had a restaurant on Kavanaugh Street and my dad would be working very tirelessly, you know, twenty four seven in the restaurant and instilled those values that food comes from a source where it should be cooked from scratch and that's how that has instilled me throughout my whole entire life. And even through my education, I left Darwin after I was 20 years old coming to Sydney to pursue my education. My background is I have a degree in accounting and I worked in banking and finance for the next 18 years. So that corporate life really showed a different side of me that I came to Sydney um, learning a very different way of life in the big smoke, which took me quite some time to adjust to because that's really where that working in a corporate climate as opposed to um, that natural and carefree living in the Northern Territory had that that differentiation and it, and it took some time to get used to.
0: Oh, I could only imagine, like, what a magical childhood to have, just so... Wholesome, you know, and and natural in a lot of ways, and then to go to that, you know, I always refer to Melbourne and Sydney is the same as the big smoke a little bit, and I I can definitely resonate with little parts of your story where you have just such of this upbringing in in a smaller place that's surrounded by nature, and and that's your world, like that's your whole life, and then to, you know, be thrown into this hustle and bustle of a city is it definitely takes a lot of a lot of learning and a lot of navigating. What was kind of one of your biggest learnings, do you think, coming from that slower pace, really wholesome lifestyle to the hustle and bustle of Sydney?
1: I think it's uh, growing up in Darwin and then coming halfway throughout my life to the hustle and bustle of Sydney is that it never left me. When I came to Sydney, I would always, as much as I possibly can, have that balance and eating very naturally and organically. And even uh, working with our colleagues, we would always be talking about, you know, natural skincare or fruits and vegetables and how can we make our lunches more healthy or choosing better options, even though we're in a corporate, in an office environment. And I would always be the talking point at work because I would be that one person in our team trying to be healthy and instilling those values amongst our colleagues, you know, sharing to live a more non-toxic life. So
0: yes, it took me a while, but that kind of led into my next stage in my career. How did you go from that corporate flying career, climbing that never-ending corporate ladder, as I like to refer to it as, to actually launching your own brand, Lovekins, and where did the inspiration for Lovekins actually come from?
1: I was actually heavily pregnant with my first child, Ethan. And I, my husband, and I had been complaining to him for such a long time because I always talk about using natural skincare on my body and eating healthily. And I started a natural skincare course in Bondi. I was taught by a French teacher, learning to make homemade skincare and soap making. And while I was heavily pregnant, I started my my own home preparations, being having that fear that you know, as a first time mother that I wasn't sure what was out there that would end up being on my unborn child's skin. So even before Ethan was born, I started buying all my raw materials. I had the blender at home. I was making all the skincare, these preparations of herbal (laughs) powders and washes and lotions um, that I had in the fridge. So, yeah, so I was really determined. And that was kind of the starting point of where, you know, that motherly instinct that that intuition started from was really from my children. They were the inspiration and that burning desire and wanting to make something very natural so that it wouldn't, you know, leave a toxic uh, film on their
0: skin. I'm just so grateful that you were actually able to do that because then for me becoming a mum who was also had those same fears and anxiety, I didn't have to whip out the blender and I didn't have to get all the raw materials. I could just turn to your beautiful products and know that my baby girl's skin is being so nurtured and protected and that's why I'm just love your brand and your products so much because it's all I've used on Georgia since the day she came out of my belly. But I guess what was The scariest moment or the or the big step for you where it actually went from making those products for Ethan in your home to actually thinking, I want to do this on a larger scale and and create a brand so other mothers can be, you know, have the same impact on their children's health as I am on mine.
1: I believe uh, two years later when I had my second child, Heidi, and she was really it was the turning point and where I had stumbled across something. I was living in Piedmont in a tiny apartment and as a family of four, we were actually living in the same room and I was still making these concoctions in my tiny apartment. And Ethan's got my Chinese skin, so he wasn't one that had the problem, but Heidi inherited my husband's side of the skin coming from an English and Scandinavian background. She had rashes all over her, the sides of her forehead, around the back of the ears and neck. And I had originally seen doctors who prescribed very strong cortisone steroid creams for her skin. And initially, on the surface, it was helping. But in the long term, it was actually thinning her skin, which as a mother, I was not satisfied with. So I started creating more formulations from home. And coming from Darwin, I knew from my early childhood uh, bush extracts from indigenous culture, um, ingredients such as cypress and Kakuru plum, that are very good in terms of strengthening that skin barrier, inflammation and soothing the skin. So I was playing around with these creams and lotions and really had an aha moment in my Piedmont apartment that this was actually helping Heidi's skin. And then at that very moment, I spoke to my husband, Martin, and said, oh, look, I think I have stumbled across something. And I want to look into it a bit further because if I can help just one person, someone that is very dear to me, our own children, then the possibilities of us helping other families around the world is something of purpose that I felt much more desired to as opposed to a corporate world that meant climbing the corporate ladder and living a very toxic life in terms of personalities. And I was not aligned with what I was doing in the corporate world anymore. And I just felt like there was a deeper purpose for me to move
0: and start Lovkens. Wow, what a journey. And it's crazy just when you said that about you didn't feel, you know, drawn still to your old role. I think, you know, so much changes when we do become mothers and it's like, you know, I often think that it's almost like we're so stripped almost of who we once were and our world becomes so much Bigger in a lot of ways because we are raising these little children who we would do anything for and we want to protect. So it's almost like it becomes more meaningful in a lot of in a lot of ways. Can you talk me through where Lovekins actually is today as a brand? You know, from those humble beginnings at home, where is the brand today?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And just to clarify, Lovekins actually uh, the name derives from love in terms of you know the emotion and the feeling. And kins, meaning kinship, is someone that you are dearly or related to, whether it is your family or community. So love means love of your family and love of your community. What started out yes. as a one-man band, which was myself, I was doing my own admin and legal and marketing and packing my own orders, supply chain logistics. It was really, really tricky because, whilst well, so I was one person, one man banner had to also sound like I was a big business as well when you have to pound the ground. And I used to door knock, literally take our first products of Lovkin's and, like, for example, today I would pound the ground of Chatswood or tomorrow it would be Hurstville or the next day Burwood. I'd be like the Avon lady, like walking fearlessly saying, hi, would you like to try some Lovkin's products? And I really didn't have a very good elevator pitch. It was really just, here's some products, would you like to try them? I created them. So it was (laughs) a bit rusty in the beginning, but it was really hard. And then my husband, Martin, came into the business and helped and we were living on one income. I took a leap of faith in leaving my banking career and living on one income was really, really tough because starting a business was very cash flow we were stripped of all levels of cash. Mm. So we got to one point where we were down to less than a $1,000 in our bank account and having a family of four and also looking after an elderly uh, mother who lives with us was really, really hard. And You know, we had bills to pay. We had to pay rent. We had to pay, you know, even when you don't make sales and you have lights on, the bills just start tumbling in. It was so, so hard. And looking back at eight years ago and to where we are today, we are a global business where we have export markets in Asia um, looking into the US. We are EU compliant and we are very well established in the Australian market. So we're very, very fortunate to have you know met the people that we had and I manage a team of 15 people now from what we were eight years ago of one person to wow. 15. And whilst we are a very small and niche company and team we work really really hard so
0: we're really really proud of what we've achieved today. It honestly just like blows my mind I'm probably going to get emotional thinking about just like what you've achieved because you know it's why you're such an inspiration to me to just think that how hard you've worked and how true you've stayed to your values you know along that journey is so incredible. Do you ever go back to those earlier days and and reflect and to, you know, take that time to really realise how far you've come as a business in, in such a short time?
1: Oh dude, I do get emotional about it because it was very painful. And when I think about I do fondly remember my very first international order in Northern Asia. It was an order into Japan and I was in the back of my car in the communal car park packing an order to Japan and you know I was just thinking and I didn't even like I was never fearful as well I just think okay this is a this is an export order we're going to do this we're going to get the the pallets and the boxes and shrink wrap it and label it and those humble beginnings in learning every step of the way is the only way you can start a business if you don't learn, you know, all the hard yards in terms of, you know, being your own boss, you will never understand how a real business thrives. So mm-hmm. even though it was very hard in those days, I didn't have the help that I needed. I think it was necessary. It absolutely was yeah. necessary so that you understand even now that we've grown. I mean, last year we made over 600 million in our GMV RMB and dollars. That's not a small number. It's very significant. And when I look at how a business flows, if I didn't do those hard yards in the beginning, I wouldn't be able to manage a team and a business to where it is today.
0: We'll be right back after this healthy break. My aim with the Healthy Hustlers is to inspire you to live a happier, healthier life. For me, that starts at home with my family. And that's exactly why I'm so proud to be an ambassador for Lovekin's. Lovekins is a pure natural Australian skincare range for women and babies that support local indigenous communities by using sustainable native ingredients. Their range of premium products are natural, organic and infused with Australian superfoods. I believe good health requires a full circle approach, free from toxic ingredients and harmful chemicals. And that's exactly why I choose Lovekins. Supporting both women and babies, Lovekin's product offering includes plant-based skincare and nappies to nurture babes' precious skin, nourishing skincare to support a healthy pregnancy, personal hygiene products for females, and natural toxic-free cleaning for the home. Rest easy knowing you are giving yours and your babes' skin the most nourishing and protective care possible. To find out more about Lovekins Toxic-Free All-Natural Product Range, head to lovekins.com or simply click the link in the show notes after this episode. Yeah, so it's almost like trusting where you are on the journey right now. Like I I always think back to like obviously mine's a lot different to how much you've achieved but at the time it can find like you're in that grind and it can feel frustrating and you're like oh I don't want to be doing this I want to be doing the bigger things but you know like you've just said it it is so important and so that's just made me take a moment and be like oh okay it is it is important and we are exactly where we're meant to be learning all of the way along the journey so you know wherever people are listening I guess be grateful for that and know that you are there for a reason and doing that for a reason
1: Oh, absolutely. And it takes time. Starting a business really just takes time and you have to be patient. For some businesses, they could be very lucky and be able to excel their growth um, in the beginning. But definitely for for Lubkin's, it took patience and persistence and commitment. Some of the Mm. customers, the overseas customers, we had been talking to them for almost two years before we landed a deal. And today they're still our customers. So it's really nurturing those relationships right from the beginning and keeping them because through the lifetime of your business you may lose some you'll gain some and you'll keep some and for the ones that you lose you never know that you will be talking to those customers again so for me it was really the relationship building or the foundational groundwork is so important um, when you start a business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess how have you stayed really true to your values going from those, you know, early stages where it was you at home where you could select all the ingredients you're putting in your products to now being on a global scale and obviously, you know, more people and and opinions involved in the business. How do you ensure that you always stay really true to those brand values?
1: Oh, that's definitely hard because now that we have different um, skills and talents from the team and everyone has a different opinion in how to manage the business in terms of you know, what products we launch, how we are perceived, where we manufacture. It's so, so hard. I think the thing that keeps us grounded as a business and keeping those business values is where did we come from? Where did Lovekins come from in terms of those humble beginnings that we are an Australian brand the native ingredients is where we support uh, local farmers, keeping those ingredients sustainable, ensuring that we keep the jobs in Australia is very, very true to us as a brand and we have to keep that. So from time to time we have to envisage, um, you know, even though we update our vision and mission, it's always there. It's front of mind all the time that, you know, we started as a mother and baby brand. We are now extending into lifestyle brands, sorry, lifestyle, um, products extending through, you know, mother and period care and home cleaning products is that our mother and baby is where we started from. And whatever we extend, we have to make sure that horizontally and vertically as we expand that we have specialty products that we have to keep specializing in. And so that we don't end up, you know, selling car engine oil or something silly. You know, you have to make sure that
0: we're, we're- hey, if you <laughs> sell it, I'll use it.
1: <laughs> so making sure that those those original grand um, pillars are still there. So, yeah. um, and then coming back to coming back to Mother Earth and where we, you know, we have to make sure that we're very humbling to how how we started. How did we start?
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I guess when it comes to you as a leader, how would you describe your leadership style? And has that evolved over the journey? I've probably matured a little bit in terms of
1: my management style. And for us, it was really strange because coming from one person and then as we grew into, you know, um, I had uh, Diana, who's our first employee at Lovekin, She's our graphic designer. She's still here today. And it was so easy to only have one person because we could bounce off each other and make decisions very um, quickly. But now that we have 15 people and managing, you know, different personalities, different opinions and and different, um, even culturally, we are very culturally diverse. We have people in our team that are from Sweden, have an Iranian background, um, Malaysia, China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Australia. It's tricky. But it's beautiful because for me, I like to kind of have a coaching way of leadership is that I don't want to restrict the talent and the opinions. I I welcome that. But it's more like that guiding, kind of that motherly style or parental style of leadership If that's such a leadership style. I am kind of mama bear in the team to everyone. I'm very caring. I don't like to micromanage because I used to be micromanaged when I was in my banking and finance career and I just did not thrive in that type of environment. For me, I like to have that trust and believing in my team members that I know that the people that I've employed are experts in what they're doing. So having that trust and also believing in their skill sets is is how my leadership is. I don't like to
0: micromanage and I know that they will do the job really well for us. I love that so much and yeah I've definitely been micromanaged um before and it was it was hands down the worst working experience ever it's just it's almost debilitating of your abilities and your strengths and what you're there to do as a person so I love that style. I think that sounds beautiful and I can definitely um, imagine you as that motherly motherly leader. When you said that, I was like, oh, that's definitely describing you as a person as well. You definitely feel that in your presence. Um, so I could imagine yeah, that as a style.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're very cheeky. but I actually do call me mum as well.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is cheeky. <laughs> it is. Oh. Um, and I guess, Amanda, what do you wish that you had have known in those earlier days that you know now?
1: I don't think there's actually a way to think of what could I have known before I started. I think the answer from my perspective is actually nothing. You must experience the pain. You must experience not being fearful um, of when you start because if you don't go through that path, you will never get to where you are. So a lot of the things that I made as a mistake when I started, I actually don't regret any one of those. I feel that all those things that I failed, I stumbled, I struggled, I had to get through that. If I didn't go through all the pain factor and the failures and all the things that I knew that I could have maybe done better now than before, I wouldn't be a stronger person or we wouldn't be the business that we are today if we didn't have those failures to never, like, um, experience that again. So I, for me, I feel like it's almost a necessity or necessary path that you – Unfortunately, have to go through. <laughs> That's incredible. It's I like love hearing love. that. I, I love-, love. I know it's probably not the right answer, but I just feel like you have to because if you don't, it's like someone's put something on a silver platter for you, and if something bad did happen, then you wouldn't know how to solve a problem. So I feel it's
0: absolutely necessary that you have to fail before you succeed. Yeah, and it's all part of that evolution of us as humans isn't it like we're always evolving and it's through those failures or those things that go wrong or that you didn't think about that you're actually evolving and growing as a person so going through those lessons like you say is, is so important I guess for anyone who is thinking of starting a business or you know who has a has those dreams sitting on their heart what would you say your number one tip or piece of advice to them would be?
1: I think in the early stages, if you were thinking of going to business or you have an idea, definitely a mentor. I had three mentors at the time and I still keep in contact with them today. In fact, I met one of them at the Naturally Good Expo yesterday and it was such, it was such an emotional feeling to see where I've grown personally and where they're at as well. And for them to see me at that stage is just a, such a beautiful relationship. Get networking like speak, start getting yourselves into the groups with people that are on the same kind of path as you, where you want to be. Um, have a mentor for some, like someone that has been very successful in the category or the area that you want to be in to get that some of that advice. But also most importantly, I think this has been mentioned so many times before, that you have to be so passionate of what you do and that really drives you every single day to come to work and knowing that that's what you'll eventually be doing, that you will not get bored with it. That's kind of my kind of advice is that have the mentoring, surround your people with um, the path that you want to eventually get to and who've also succeeded in what they've been doing. And really just start talking, talking in groups and getting yourselves out there and be really, really passionate of what you want to do.
0: Yeah, such beautiful advice. It's um, so true what you say though about being passionate about because I I went through this when I was working. I I always had this like three-year like hurdle. I felt like I always got to three years in a role or close to three years and I was like, okay, I need a change. I need something new. I'm ready. And it's funny because I'm coming up to three years of healthy hustlers and I'm like, oh, it's such a nice feeling to not be almost bored or think I need a change instead I feel like I'm just getting started so when you said that I was like oh it's so true like having that passion and that purpose does really keep you showing up and wanting to show up and keep going because it can be a hard journey and and sometimes a lonely one at times as well so I love that you touched on that. Thank you. Did you ever envision where Lovekins would actually be like was it in was it in your mind what this brand could turn into? Uh, it's really funny because when the hard times
1: when we started and, you know, creating my own invoices and sending out my own EDMs at the time and door knocking, I didn't even think about it, Madeline. I was just, this is just something I really love to do. I really love skincare. I really love helping people. I, the testimonials that come back to our customers is what keeps us going, And for us to have grown this big, and we're only on the cusp of it, really. We've only just scraped the surface and where we want to be. But I never in my wildest dreams, you know, think that we would grow this much. And for me, it's my team. I'm only just a small part of it. For me, we have our, you know, our NPD team, our marketing team, our operations, our supply chain logistics, our export partners, our suppliers. If it's not the relationships that I've, Created over time that have supported me, I wouldn't be where we are today as a, as a brand. So my family has been my biggest supporter and there was, and I'm not the best person in terms of the, the family events and me being an auntie and a, and a daughter because they've been through the tough times with me and they've always been my toughest people in saying, well, you're going to fail. You will never make it even like coming to Sydney, my parents would say, you'll be eaten up in Sydney, you know, coming from Darwin, you'll never make it. They've always been very negative, but that's kind of like a tough love that they were testing me that, you know, i like, prove us wrong that you can actually make it in Sydney. Prove us that you can actually make Lovekins a success. And, and I, I'm still at the bottom of the food chain though in my family because when I'm with them, I'm just a no one. <laughs> And I still have a lot to prove to them as a daughter and a a daughter-in- law or an auntie. so no, I, I never envisaged that it would ever grow this much. and And I think that's the mindset I've ever had that we still have a lot to grow, and it's just being that humbling. Like my family came from very strong, a very strong work ethic. And if my grandparents and my ancestors were able to make it in a country where they've sacrificed everything, then I don't think hard work is, it's just nothing. You can do anything that you set yourself out to achieve.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so true. And do you have a quote or a piece of advice that you kind of live by when it does come to business? I think just stay humble. Keep grounded. Don't lose sight
1: of the money or, um, you know, that fast car or that helicopter that you want to be in and all that type of jazzy stuff that you see. A lot of the, the glitzy stuff that you see, there's also a lot of like hard work that goes behind the scenes. And I think staying true to the purpose of your brand and your business and what you set out to do is really what you, you need to keep on Mother Earth. So stay humbled. Be very true to the relationships. When you say something, just back that up. That you, when you say something, that you're going to do it. So I think that's what's kept us in terms of our relationships and making sure that you stay true to yourself and also your peers and your your business associates.
0: Oh, Amanda, you are incredible. I am seriously, as you know, I'm so honored to work with you and your, on your beautiful brand. And I'm so grateful for your time today. You're an incredible inspiration. And yeah, I hope you are so proud of, of what you've achieved. I know that you said you're at the bottom of the food chain in your family, but you're definitely up very high for me. <laughs> um, you're sitting at the top there shining bright. And I just love watching everything that you and the Lovekins brand are achieving. So thank you for your time and all your wisdom. Thank you so much, Madeline. Thank you.
1: And, you know, you're such a beautiful soul and we love working with you and um, we don't take that lightly with our brand ambassadors and who we work with. We 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 studied them carefully and we <laughs> love working with you. Thank you so much, Madeline. Thank you thank so much you. for your
0: support. Of course. Thank you so much. That's so kind. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.